This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Hog Hoops Live. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside the squad, Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis. Very impressive, much-needed bounce-back win for the Razorbacks last night at Missouri. Uh, We're going to talk about the implications from that game, preview a big one coming up this weekend against Tennessee in Bud Walton Arena. We're going to take a closer look at a a really tight and interesting SEC race and check out where Arkansas stands in the latest bracketology because we're less than a month away from Selection Sunday. Of course, we'll get into all your questions, all that and more coming up today on Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody. Quick reminder, as always, of the different ways that you can watch and listen. You know the drill at this point. You can join us on Facebook Live. Be sure to give us a follow there. Also available on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and hit the notification bell. Remember, Hog Hoops Live has its own separate YouTube page where we upload all of these videos as well uh, as some of these live reactions following the basketball games. You're going to want to do that if you haven't done so already. Some big games coming up. That means more live reaction videos traveling for the postseason you never know what that's going to mean especially this year I might I might be suns out guns out after an NCAA tournament win in San Diego I might be bundled up like an Eskimo because the hogs got shipped off to Buffalo New York we'll see we'll, we'll find out in a few weeks right last thing before we get started if you haven't done so already you got to give my man Andrew Ellis a follow on Twitter at Andrew Ellis 247 listen Baseball season is here, right? We, we get started Friday, opening day. He's getting ready to kill it with the coverage. If you like the passion that Trey brings with the football coverage, if you like the passion that I bring to Razorback basketball coverage, prepare yourself for Andrew Ellis to bring that same energy with baseball. He really does a great job for us. Uh, he knows the game. Follow him, again, at Andrew Ellis 24-7. You'll be glad you did. Holy cow, it is, it is windy outside like knocking over trash cans I, I think I saw a dog fly across the street it, it, I'm sorry if there's any background noise it's crazy it's got to be like 50 mile an hour gust here in Fayetteville okay Missouri so you know that game I think was exactly what Arkansas needed number 23 Arkansas by the way nice climb back into the AP poll uh, you know say what you want about rankings and, and, and how they matter in the grand scheme of things I think that that was very important for Arkansas to get back in there. It's well-deserved, and hopefully they stay put, right? But back to this Missouri game, you know, I think the Hogs have handled everything extremely well given the circumstances. I mean, that Auburn game was just – it was incredibly emotionally draining last week. We talked about it. Then you hit the road for a tough game in Alabama. You, you lose a heartbreaker, one that you probably wish you could have back. Uh, quick turnaround and then you're right back on the road and just really dominated the Tigers from start to finish and you know you can say oh well congrats you know Missouri stinks hey you know what that's a group that beat Bama at home and Ole Miss they lost to Auburn and Florida by a single point in in their home arenas they play good basketball there Arkansas blew their doors off I thought the Hogs were focused they were locked in uh, set the tone really right from the tip the defense traveled again. Arkansas held Missouri to under 37% from the field, under 30% from three, and they defended without fouling and only sent the Tigers to the line a dozen times in Mizzou Arena. That, that's a recipe for a victory. You know, Kobe Brown is the difference maker for Missouri. Listen, he averages 18 and 10 in games that the Tigers win, and, and about half of that in losses. For the second time this season, Arkansas held him to six points. He was 3 of 10 shooting. They kept him off of the offensive glass. Really did a tremendous job defending him. Offensively, uh, you know, this is a group, 
Arkansas that shot under 35% in both games last week. So, you know, fared pretty well considering that. I just thought they were much more efficient against Missouri. You know, shot just under 50% from the field on the night. Knocked down 11 threes. You love to see it. But more than anything, I mean, really outside of about a five-minute stretch there in the second half, once the game was pretty much decided by that point, they just looked better, right? If you're watching the game, they passed the eye test. They weren't dribbling a hole through the floor. The ball had some pop. It was moving. Guys were cutting, screening with a purpose. And when you do that, you get high percentage looks. Imagine that. So 76 to 57, nice win for the Razorbacks. I, I feel like this was the last game on the schedule that could really do maybe some significant damage to Arkansas's resume. Uh, they avoided, you know, that kind of disaster scenario there, but they also won by a large enough margin on the road that it actually is going to help their computer numbers. They jumped up three spots in the net rankings. So that was good. You know, some interesting things. In this game, five guys scored. Only five guys scored for Arkansas, but they all hit double figures. So some nice balance there. Stanley Mude, man, he had 23 points. He knocks down six three-pointers. He's feeling himself from deep right now. 43% from three in SEC play. And he's a mismatch nightmare. Musselman talked about how they used him as the small forward uh, in ball screen and pick and roll action. Uh, and Missouri didn't have an answer. I mean, if they switched it, he was rolling on the guard and he was scoring in the post. If they didn't, he was finding his spots and knocking down jumpers. Uh, really cooked Missouri, I thought, in, in the ball screen action. And I have no idea why they kept helping off or, or leaving him. Uh, they were helping off on drives. They were leaving him to go double. And the guy's red hot from three. He was just stroking it on him. So, you know, thanks for that, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, I'm telling you, Stanley Amude he does he raises the ceiling in my opinion for this Arkansas team uh, just because he's so versatile as an as an offensive threat when he's locked in uh, it just creates mismatch problems for the opponent he's the type of guy that can get hot and win you an NCAA tournament game he really is Uncle Trey you know Trey Wade listen must challenged him to, to join the party in the box score after, you know, kind of a few tough games. And, and look, he does all the intangible things. We know that. Uh, but he really took that challenge to heart, right? 12 points, uh, 10 boards is his first double-double as a Razorback, really locked up Kobe Brown. He was a big part of the success there. Uh, that was just good to see out of him. You know, Missouri, the first time around was his breakout game. It's when he got into the starting lineup. He scored 17 in that game. I think that's still a season high. Uh, maybe he just needed to see the Tigers again to get himself going. Uh, it was really good to see. I think Arkansas is going to need uh, him against some of the size and strength that Tennessee has coming up this weekend. Another double-double for Jalen Williams. Yeah, whatever, you know, 13-11. and 11. It's just another day at the office at this point. Uh, I thought he looked really, really good in the pick and roll. Um, you know, had a couple of well, he's timing his rolls up well. Uh, he's opening up to receive the pass. It had a couple of nice finishes on those. Uh, really started to show off a little bit of his versatility. I like seeing him putting it on the floor more when he's being defended by uh, some of these centers and, and big guys who aren't as fleet of foot. Uh, you know, drove one from the perimeter uh, right into Brazil finished on him. Uh, he came up with a steal and went coast to coast, had a little up and under reverse layup. Uh, the kid's making himself some money, right? So I think that's eight double doubles now for Jalen Williams. Uh, it's really been incredible. He's, he, I don't know that he took a charge. Oh man, I didn't think about that in the moment. I'm not sure if Jalen Williams took a charge last night, but he did make some key defensive plays. Uh, I saw a stat from my buddy, Scotty Borderline over at Whole Hog Sports that, that, uh, Missouri was 5 of 21 shooting when Jalen Williams was the nearest defender. That's really good, especially when you're defending uh, on the interior where a lot of those looks are more high percentage closer to the rim. So really well done by Jalen Williams. Uh, J.D. Note was fine. He had 17 points, hit some really big threes. Five turnovers, though, still too many. He had been cutting those down, um, got a little careless with it. I, I thought the offense got stagnant at times in the second half as he was just kind of dribbling the clock out. Now, that was by design, I think, to a degree. Um, but you know what? For the most part, he was solid. 
he had the one, tell me if you've ever heard uh, a more J.D. Note type sequence, right? He drives into traffic, he gets ripped. Missouri's going back in transition. J.D. sprints back, pokes it out, so he steals it back, gets it, comes the other way, and knocks down the step back three. If that's not J.D. Note to a T, I don't know what is. And then Devo, you know, he's been so up and down this season, uh, but Arkansas had some foul trouble last night early on, and he stepped in with 11 points. He looked more under control, more poised. He settled down after kind of a slow start defensively. He struggled when he first came in against Javon Pickett, uh, who's a big, you know, physical wing player, has, you know, has a weight advantage, a little bit taller than Devo. Uh, but you know what? He adjusted. He settled in. And I thought he looked good. He was a big catalyst for Arkansas, knocked down a couple threes. Uh, and then once again, you know, I, I hope that it's something he can build off of and find consistency uh, because he can really elevate this team as well when he's right. I mean, outside of that, I mean, that was really it. You know, Chris Likes only played nine minutes. He was fine uh, when he was in there. Uh, I bet you see more of him on Saturday against some of those Tennessee guards. Uh, you know, the same can be said for Audis Tony and, and Kamani Johnson. Both played just six minutes, didn't really do much. I think for Kamani, it was more about, you know, Jalen, Trey Wade, and Amude having big nights. I mean, the, the minutes just maybe weren't there in this particular game for him. For Tony, man, you know, coming off a 1 of 11 performance at Bama, that's, that's pretty uncharacteristic for him. Uh, and then last night at Missouri, he picks up two fouls in three minutes. Um and, and set the rest of the first half, and then he, he checked it back into the game twice in the second half and picked up fouls right away. So was never really able to get going, able to get in the rhythm. Arkansas was able to overcome that, but again, uh, they're going to need guys like him moving forward. We're, we'll talk about the rest of the schedule in a minute, but it, it's, it's going to be tough. So Arkansas hits the 20-win plateau uh, third year in a row for the Razorbacks, the fastest an Arkansas team has hit that mark since the 2014-15 season. Uh, Danny actually put this stat out that you know Arkansas hit it, it was yesterday, February the 15th, and that 2014-15 team got to the 20-win mark uh, on the 14th on Valentine's Day. So they were one one day off of that pace. Uh, you know, this has now happened in all seven seasons of Eric Musselman's head coaching career in college. His teams have hit the 20-win mark. Um, you know, he might downplay it when we ask him about it today, but he cares. You know, he, he's aware of that. And at the end of the day, what, what it does is it shows that he has a formula that works, right? And, and we need to remember this, myself included. So, you know, next year when Arkansas hits a downswing or a rough patch, they lose a couple games at some point, Let's try to stay on the must bus and give the man the benefit of the doubt because he figures it out at an extremely high level. Trust the process. Okay. Hey, listen, another massive game in Bud Walton Arena this weekend. Here comes Rick Barnes and, and number 16, Tennessee, a team that is a lot like Arkansas in many ways. You know, for one, tell me if this sounds familiar based on what we were talking about on this show last week with Arkansas. The Vols have won eight straight SEC games, and they're coming off an emotional home win. In Tennessee's case, it was over Kentucky last night. Now they're hitting the road for a very, very tough matchup against the Razorbacks. And secondly, with Tennessee, uh, listen, they're good enough offensively, but this is a team that has really fueled its run with stingy defense. Another big physical group. They kind of remind me of Arkansas when I watch them, if I'm being completely honest. So, you know, I think this game could be a slugfest. I really do. And sometimes you say that and it becomes a shootout. But I seriously, I believe, you know, and almost expect this game could be played in the 50s or 60s. I really do. Could be an ugly one. Could be a grinder. We'll see. Both teams rank in the top 20 nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Arkansas is number 18, which I think is really impressive considering, to be blunt, how bad they were <laughs> early in the season. If you think about some of those losses, uh, to get up to number 18 at this point is impressive. They've been the best in the league uh, during SEC play. And on the other hand, um, Tennessee's number four in the country, and, and that's carried 
You know, this is a group. They're 19 and six. Arkansas is 20 and six. Uh, all six of Tennessee's losses have been quad one games, and they've struggled some on the road. And Arkansas is a quad one opponent for them. So I'm not saying Arkansas doesn't have a chance. They absolutely do. I think they're going to win this game at home. Uh, but Tennessee's formidable, right? They've got some nice wins. They knocked off Arizona. I think Arizona only has two losses. It was a big win. You know, Kentucky thumped them early in SEC play in Lexington. And, uh, and Tennessee exacted some revenge last night. Really impressive in that game. You know, they've got a tough backcourt. Santiago Vescovi, guy averages 14 a night, best shooter, 40%-ish from three. You remember this guy. He's been there forever. I mean, he's, he's been playing since the Anton Beard days, it feels like. It's unreal. He, whatever. <laughs> uh, Kennedy Chandler, a guy to be aware of, super talented Freshman point guard, he averages 13.3 points. He's got well over 100%, uh, 100 assists, and he's the guy that's neck and neck with J.D. Note for the uh, the lead in the SEC in steals. So we got to protect the rock around him. Zakai Ziegler is, is a really interesting guy. He's kind of come out of nowhere for Tennessee. This is a dude that was a three-star recruit out of New York. He was kind of a late bloomer, uh, a late signee, honestly. I think he was an August signee. But he's really emerged for them. 5'9", little dude. He's tough as nails, full of energy. Uh, has been making a lot of winning plays for them. He's changed the dynamic of their team quite a bit. They've got a couple big wings, kind of like Arkansas does size-wise with, with guys like Josiah Jordan-James. He's a former five-star prospect. Uh, Justin Powell, the Auburn transfer, if you remember that guy. And then a lot of size inside. You know, They've got, they've got one of their better players who's, who's out for the season. Uh, with an injury or forward, but they still got plenty of reinforcements. Looking at their roster here, I mean, speaking of guys who've been around for a decade, John Fulkerson is still at Tennessee. I feel like we've watched this guy go up against Bobby Portis and Moses Kingsley and Daniel Gafford, but he's still around, and he's now he's going to get Jalen Williams. But very talented forward, a veteran guy, uh, and he's hurt Arkansas in the past, so... Uh, an important matchup to keep an eye on. He's been coming off the bench, actually, in kind of a six-man role, which which kind of goes to show you the depth that Tennessee has. Uh, Euros Plasic, big Euro seven-footer. He's been there for a couple years. He's only playing about 15 minutes a game, but he starts. Big physical guy, maybe even a little dirty the way that he plays. And they got a pair of 6'10 freshmen that they'll throw at you. And, and Brandon Huntley Hatfield, uh, Jonas Adu is a guy that stepped up for him lately. So... You know, this is a, a Tennessee team that is deep. They're big, they're physical, they're talented. But they're walking into a hornet's nest on Saturday. We know what Bud Walton Arena is capable of. Uh, you don't have to just be slightly better than Arkansas to win in Bud Walton Arena on a Saturday this time of year for a ranked matchup. You better be significantly better if you're going to get out of there with a win. I think it's going to be a great game, uh, an awesome atmosphere, and one that has some significant implications. I mean, if you if you check out those SEC standings, you know, Auburn has some separation there at 11-1, and one, but after Tennessee beat Kentucky last night, the Wildcats and the Vols are tied for second place at 10-3. and three. Arkansas is a game back at 9-4, and four, but you're getting ready to play both of those teams, right? You got Tennessee at home this weekend, you got Kentucky at home next weekend, and then you close the regular season with Tennessee again. So if you're Arkansas, uh, you got an opportunity to play yourself into second place. Not bad after starting 0-3 in league play, right? So the Razorbacks are in a great spot. Uh, another important factor, they're two games ahead of the team in fifth place, which means you're sitting pretty at the moment for that double bye in, in Tampa for the SEC tournament. Got to get that top four seed. But it's going to be a rough road uh, to finish this thing out. It's another quad one opportunity on Saturday. I said it before, not all quad ones are created equal. Right, So if Arkansas is able to add a win over Tennessee, that's three top 20 net victories for the Razorbacks. That, that's a lot. That's good. Now, you could go beat Vermont or, or whoever is number 75 in the net on the road, and that's a quad one win. But, but beating a Tennessee or, or a Kentucky or an Auburn, it's just better. And, and so when we see these metrics, um, yeah, that plays a factor, but the selection committee does go deeper. Right, they're going to weigh the type of wins that Arkansas has a chance to rack up here uh, higher than some of those other ones. So they're not all created equal, right?
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And, I mean, if Arkansas gets out of this final stretch, I don't know, three and two or better, you've got to feel incredible about where you're at if you're a Razorback fan. You know, Tennessee at home this weekend, they're net number nine. A trip to Florida, that, that's a quad one game. Listen, I, I and I, I watched Florida a lot. I watched them last night. I don't think they're very good. Arkansas hasn't won there since Nolan Richardson was the head coach. So they're going to have to exercise some demons if they're going to win in Gainesville, right? They're very much capable. If there was a year to do it, this is it. Uh, but, man, it's been a while. Always tough to play there. Then you got Kentucky coming into Bud Walton Arena. They're net number three. LSU comes to Bud Walton Arena. That'll probably be senior day. Uh, Listen, they're still hanging around at net number 16. They're playing a lot better now that Xavier Pinson is healthy. They're going to have some revenge on their mind. That's not going to be an easy game. And then you close the season with a return trip to Tennessee, head to Knoxville. That's going to be tough. Man. But... You know, I, I think last night pretty much punched Arkansas's ticket for the dance, barring anything crazy. Uh, I'm a geek with, with the numbers, right? So I, I ran the simulator on, on Torvik, uh, which is an awesome analytics site. And if Arkansas goes 0-5 to close the season, which they won't, but if they did, uh, Torvik still has them projected in the field based on all the numbers and, and all the things that factor in there. It'll be a lower seed, but they still have them in. I think they're at like a 98.9% chance or something. So in a pretty good spot there to, to where you're at the point where, for the most part, you're playing for seeding, right? Right now, uh, the Hogs are trending on that 6-7 line pretty much everywhere you look. I think Lenardi uh, has them as a 6 playing Oklahoma. I've seen a few people having them uh, as a 7, maybe playing a Wake Forest. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of where they're at right now. If you go to bracket matrix, uh, Arkansas is included in all 119 brackets. You got to feel good about that with an average seed of 6.8 right now. I think the highest I saw was a five and, and the lowest I saw was a nine. I haven't looked since yesterday, but it's kind of what you're looking at. So, you know, you can play yourself up or down at this point. Obviously you want to stay away from that eight, nine game. If you're Arkansas, I think winning, um, last night helped you with that big time uh, and that's probably what Arkansas will be looking at if they went say one and four or, or maybe two and three sorry I got a phone call <laughs> uh, but if Arkansas went one and four maybe two and three down the stretch uh, maybe they'd slide back into that territory but again these are all quad one uh, big time opportunities to the to the point where I don't know if it would push them back that far, I think it would probably depend on what some of the other teams did, right? So then the question becomes, can Arkansas do enough to play its way up to the five line? Um, maybe a four, which I, I think is probably the ceiling for this group unless they went out and make a deep run in the SEC tournament or something. I, talking about that same simulator on Torvik, 
uh, I simulated Arkansas to literally win out every game uh, the rest of the season and win the SEC tournament with additional wins over, uh, I think I picked them to beat Kentucky again and Auburn again, just to see, to kind of get a feel for it. And uh, it had them at a three seed, right? So I, I, I think that we're probably looking at a four as their ceiling unless they do something ridiculously good. Let's see here. You know, and there, listen, there's also going to be some moving and shaking the rest of the way. Because that's the thing about these net rankings, that they evolve, right? They, they're so subject to change. So, uh, you know, I think a team to root for the rest of the season is Vanderbilt. You know, the reason Arkansas probably isn't a top 15 team in the polls or the net rankings is because they have those two quad three losses right now to Hofstra and Vanderbilt. We talked about it. They're kind of screwed with the Hofstra game. Uh, because it counts as a home game, even though it was in North Little Rock, which kind of stinks because Hofstra is not that bad. I mean, they're number 96. They're a top 100 team in the net. I mean, that puts them ahead of South Carolina, Ole Miss, Missouri, Georgia, so several SEC teams. But Vanderbilt, they would need to move uh, into the top 75 for that to go from a quad three loss up to a quad two. Right now, they're at number 76 going into today. So, hey, Scotty Pippen Jr., Mr. Turtleneck, Jerry Stackhouse, uh, do us a favor, win some games the next couple weeks, will you? Because I think if you bump that down uh, and all of a sudden Arkansas is looking at one quad three loss instead of two, that changes everything. Because that's what you hear from, from the people who are still doubting Arkansas a little bit or maybe have them a little bit lower or whatever. Uh, the argument is always, well, they've got those two quad three losses and, and not a lot of teams ahead of them have that. Now, I think that's a flaw in the system because I don't know how long you should be punished for things that happened early in the season. Now, they have won 10 out of 11 in SEC play and against a Big 12 school. I think that should weigh a little bit heavier uh, because teams evolve, right? They figure it out over the course of the year. Uh, but, again, the net, while it's used as a major evaluation tool, uh, the selection committee, they dig a little bit deeper, right? And so I think they'll see that. But you got to finish strong. You know, another one to maybe keep one eye on is, is Kansas State. And listen, they're not bad at all. And, and they hit probably a, a two-week rough patch this season. With, with They got hit with COVID. Uh, they lost a bunch of one-possession games. But listen, they're playing well. They've kind of worked their way back into that bubble conversation. They're at number 61 in the net right now. Uh, and they would need to get – it was a neutral site win for Arkansas, so they would need to be top 50 to move to a quad one. So you think 11 spots, that might be a lot, but uh, they've got a lot of opportunities left. They play Oklahoma State, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. So if they finish strong, that could, that could be kind of a surprise bump to the resume for Arkansas. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. I love this stuff, man. I, I could I could look at this all day, you know, especially now where we're just a few weeks out from having a bracket. It, it, it's crazy. And like I was saying earlier, this is kind of a back to normal March madness, right? It's not the whole thing's not going to be in Indianapolis in a bubble, uh, which was cool like last year. But the sites are going to be spread across the country. So here are the, here are the possibilities for uh, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. For those who may be looking to follow you know, the Hogs, you want to travel, you want to go to the tournament, um, Buffalo, New York, no thanks. I'm good. Indianapolis, I, I like Indianapolis a lot, but, you know, we were just there. It would kind of be cool to, to check out something a little bit different, right? Fort Worth, Texas, I mean, that would be a big crowd. That would probably be best for, you know, getting some sort of home court advantage. Portland, Oregon, I don't know. I mean, it's different. Greenville, South Carolina, sign me up, maybe for some decent weather down there. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, eh, nah. That reminds me too much of that Detroit game. They got sent to Detroit a few years ago. Was that when they played? They lost to Butler, I think. They were in Detroit. Eh, Milwaukee. Pittsburgh, that could be fun. And then San Diego, 
I mean, hey, <laughs> great. I bet if you ask Musk, that'd be his pick, right? We know he loves San Diego. All right. Let's get to some questions, comments, see what we have. Like always, have a few from the Razor's Edge, and then we'll hop over into the chat. Uh, Zaybeeler1 asks, how do we get Tony going again? You know, the thing about Tony, he's a unique case because he has to get himself going, right? Because Arkansas doesn't run a bunch of plays and stuff for him, so it's really up to him to assert himself. Um, and he's, he's been a little edgy, maybe, the last couple games. Um, so maybe just needs a little bit of a reset, mental focus type of deal. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not overly worried about Tony, honestly. It, you know, he had that 1 of 11 at Alabama, and, and that was he just didn't play well. Um, I know it frustrated a lot of people. He was getting some of his shots blocked in there. Uh, you know, obviously wasn't finishing, but that's that's kind of a blip on the radar in terms of what he's been. Uh, you know, Kimpom, they ranked the top 500 players in a ton of different categories, and, and there's between 4,500 and 5,000 Division One players in the country, so that's roughly the top 10-ish percent. Uh, and even after that one of 11, Tony ranks in that top in that top 500 in effective field goal percentage, uh, two-point percentage, true shooting percentage, free throw rate. Uh, so, and, and it was a lot higher before that because his, his overall field goal percentage dropped from 57.1 to 53.9 just because of that one game. So aside from that blip on the radar, he's been even better um, in terms of finishing around the rim. Uh, and if he's not, you know, absorbing contact and getting to the free throw line at a high rate. So I think he'll be fine um, if, as long as he comes out with that same aggression um, and intensity that we see attacking the offensive glass, cutting hard, and going up with a purpose um, should be fine. And they're going to need him, uh, especially in this Tennessee game. Like I said, they've got a couple of those big wings. Uh, and Arkansas has actually done a good job of putting Tony on maybe a smaller guard and frustrating him with with the size. Uh, so I think you could see him maybe on a Vescovy uh, and, and see if you can use that length to disrupt a little bit. But it's definitely going to be important to get him going a little bit for sure. Especially if you have, you know, a mood really starting to emerge. You don't want one guy to emerge and, the, and another guy to take a back seat, right? You want everybody to elevate their game at this time of the season. West Hog 21 says, would love to hear your comparisons and differences of this year's Hogs versus the Elite Eight team. Okay. Um, Comparison-wise... Well, I think both teams play really, really stingy defensively, like like elite level type defense. Um, I think both teams kind of have that same DNA and makeup when it comes to just mental toughness, uh, being gritty, having the chops to battle back in games. You know, even when Arkansas is down double digits, you, you feel like they always have a chance to come back, and they usually do. Uh, that was similar last year to the way it is this year. Um, Different difference-wise, I think this year's team is probably a, a little bit more equipped defensively to switch, uh, be positionally versatile, especially on the wing. But I, on the flip side, I do think they're missing, um, not necessarily from the leadership anymore. I think that's really evolved, but just an on-the-floor presence, a, a Justin Smith and Jalen Tape type of guy, a, a long, you know, distributing floor general type of point guard. Uh, and JD's doing a, a pretty good job filling into that role now, but it's different, right? And and then Justin Smith, what he was able to do from guarding a point guard to a center, the way he rebounded, the way he was able to explode. Um, you've got some good players in those positions, Mude, Tony, but they're different. Right? It's just it's not the same. So some of the differences there. Uh, last year's team certainly shot it better from three, uh, although they, they didn't shoot well at all in the NCAA tournament. So that's a great question. Chances are I'll dive deeper into that and write a story about it. And, and when I do, I'll give you the assist. But that's a good question. Razorback R says, what's your realistic expectation uh, as to what seed the Hogs will receive in the big dance? Talked about that quite a bit. I think realistically, um, probably wind up in that five to six seed range. Uh, I don't think they're going to win out. They could. Uh, but this stretch is really brutal. I mean, it, it, it's tough. There are no breaks the rest of the way. Uh, so, I, you know, I think three and two sounds about right. 
Maybe it'll be better. We'll see. Uh, but hey, you know, that gives you three more quad one wins. Uh, no real damage to the resume. So, you know, get you to that five or six line comfortably with an outside shot of maybe moving up um, if you rattle off some wins in Tampa. And, and I will say, you know, I don't think as much weight is put in on the conference tournaments with the selection committee as people think. Maybe early on, you know, a team can play their way in by winning a couple games or, or maybe up a seed line, but winning the tournament doesn't do anything for you because, quite honestly, uh, the seeds and everything are, are, for the most part, decided uh, by the time you get to the Sunday championship game. So, something to be aware of there. Frank Stallone asked if, if Chance Moore will be here next year. Um, I don't know. D depends on what he's looking for, I guess. You know, what the staff think of the fit. Uh, there's something to be said for having a full year in the system. And, and especially when you aren't playing a lot as a frosh, uh, it's almost like starting over completely if, if you switch schools right away. So, look, I know his family, his mom, they're all in on the Razorbacks. She's been traveling around, following them, tweeting it out. Uh, sounds like the, the team moms maybe have a, a group message or something. I don't know. But everyone's going to want what's best for Chance. We'll see. I hope that he sticks it out. Uh, but we're in that era of the transfer portal where, where everybody, you know, uh, really – if you look at it, whether they're a major impact piece or not, uh, you got to worry about it. So not only are you recruiting to, to supplement and add to your roster, uh, you almost have to re-recruit your own players uh, throughout the season and at the end of every season. Zay Beeler asks, uh, what are my expectations for the rest of the regular season? Kind of touched on that. I think somewhere around three and two. You know, if I had to put my money – on how it would play out, I'd, I'd say Arkansas wins its home games and maybe loses on the road. Like I said, I don't think Florida's really good, but Arkansas hasn't won there in so long. Tennessee and Kentucky are going to be really, really tough. It's hard to bet against Arkansas and, and Bud Walton on a Saturday. That's for sure. Let's go to some comments here, see what we got in the chat. Michelle Rava says, Woo Pig Suey, another one. Bud Walton needs to be rocking this weekend, just like with Auburn. I think it will. Saturday at 3 o'clock. Uh, I think it really works out well. Um, if you think about everything that's going on on campus, you know, baseball, it's opening weekend. You're going to have a lot of people there. I think their first pitch on Saturday is at, is at noon. Uh, finish up, get over there to Bud Walton a little bit earlier. Look, the. The Razorback baseball team, they're probably going to be up 19-1 to 1 in the fifth inning anyway. So you can maybe leave a little bit early, get to your seats in Bud Walton, right? Enjoy the game. I think it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere, um, and it, it matters. It absolutely does. It was, you know, a six-man type of deal um, for that Auburn game, and it, it needs to be again. Landon Montgomery says, 20 wins, we should be in. Uh, what seed do you see us getting when it's done? Uh, can, and can we make a five seed? Yeah, so touched on that. Yeah, absolutely can make a five seed. They're sitting on that six, seven line right now uh, with nothing but opportunity in front of them. So they can play their way up, play their way down. But yeah, a five seed is absolutely in play. Makes me nervous. So I wish they would get to a four because what do you do when you fill out your bracket? Like the first thing you do is, is go, okay, uh, which which 12-5 upset, which 11-6 upset am I going to pick? Right, that's the first thing you do. But once you get up to that 4-3 range, uh, you're just a little more hesitant for it. doesn't mean anything, but I mean, I think about it. Some people were picking Colgate to beat Arkansas last year. That was a 14-3 game. And they really played them, <laughs> they really played them tough uh, there for the first half, didn't they? Looks like we got the Hog Sports crew tuned in. Uh, says, I don't think Jalen took a charge either. Important to be in the moment, but look ahead to 22-23. Uh, how does this team look with, with guys who return with the incoming recruits? I assume J.D. will be gone. Is he draftable in your opinion? Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's really interesting. It's almost difficult uh, to do some of those extended projections, uh, you know, scholarship distributions and things like that because with the portal being the wild, wild west with the one-time free transfer thing at this point, uh, you never really know, and you're always re-recruiting your team and then to double on to it, 
you've got the super senior deal, right? So the, the extra year of COVID eligibility, if people want it, uh, you know, Musselman's not a guy that's really taken advantage of that in the past. Um, yeah, you know, I would assume that, that JD would probably be gone. He's older, you know, he's, I think he's 23, 24 years old. Uh, it would be his sixth year coming back because he was one of the, the last transfers who ever had to set out a year uh, when he came to Arkansas. So I, I would assume so. You never know. Um, draftable, he sure is small. Uh, you know, so I, I think if he was to go to the league, he would have to be a guy who would be a true point guard. He's working on it right now, <laughs> but he can sure score it. So, uh, you know, whether it's the G League or he gets an opportunity, you know, Pat Bev style and, and goes overseas for a while, he's going to make some money playing basketball because, uh, listen, when you when you lead the SEC in scoring, you can get it done at, at a high level and make money doing it. Uh, but it'll be interesting, you know, Jalen Williams, what's he going to do? He's playing his way into some draft conversation. I, I think he would benefit from another year, but nobody cares what I think. Um, you know, so if he returns uh, and, and then, you know, maybe you get a Devo back, you know, with uh, with these guys that are coming in, you certainly have a, a pretty good start, a pretty good foundation laid because you feel like Nick Smith Jr. Uh, and Jordan Walsh, those are plug and play guys, plug and start kind of guys, right, who can really make an impact. Um, I think the summer session will be huge for the other three. How much development do you get from May until November from Darian Ford, Joseph Pinion, and Barry Dunnings? Those are all their top 100 guys, four-star guys, right? So how much can they help you right away? It's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. Um, I think Arkansas is going to look to add a, a point guard, a true distributor in the portal, I think they're going to, whether they have Jalen Williams or not, they probably need to supplement the front court. Um, you know, you look at it, Connor has another year. Uh, Kamani scheduled to be back, but they probably need some more height and, and mobile length. Uh, so those would be some things that, that I think they would, uh, would probably look for in the portal. But either way, I mean, when you have two McDonald's All-Americans uh, coming in with some experienced guys, regardless of who you add outside of that, uh, the expectations are going to be really high. So it's going to be a fun and exciting team. Daniel Page says, we need Tony to get going this weekend. Yeah, I agree. We talked about that. They're going to need him against Tennessee for sure. Dustin Hoofman says, it's great to see Arkansas shooting the ball well on the road. Yeah, it really is. I wish they'd shoot like that at home on occasion. And they made 15 threes at Georgia. Um, they didn't shoot it too well at Alabama. I think they made seven, but yeah, 11 against Missouri. Um, and it's all about shot selection and quality. And, and quite frankly, Stanley Amude heating up alongside JD Note, uh, that really helps a lot. It does. Um, you would hope in a tournament setting that they could heat up like that one game because if Arkansas shooting it well on, on top of the way they play defense, they're going to be pretty tough to beat. I think in SEC play, they're up to, I mean, just a shade under 33%. Like, it's not shooting the lights out or anything, uh, but it's not bad. It's really not. It'll get you by. But what they have to avoid is those random 5 of 29 nights. You know, if, I don't have a problem with them taking 25 attempts or so if they're quality attempts. Sharon Pretty Magaha says, great game last night. Go Hogs. Yancey Long says, it's not like the fan base to stay level-headed. Uh, the sky is always falling when we lose. He said that tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, it's true. Heck, even after that Alabama game, some people were getting really upset. And and don't get me wrong, Muss was upset too. He, he said he was in such a bad mood the last few days he wanted to pet his dog. Poor Swish Musselman, you know, just, just wants his ears scratched or whatever, and, and, and Muss is in his feelings. I love that, though. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. I'm sure he pet the dog, actually. Um, but it was interesting, and those guys were fired up. They handled it so well, bouncing back. I even commented on our message board the next day on Sunday. I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of itching to move on and, and write about another game. It just kind of felt like, I don't know, the guys would have a little extra ump coming out at Missouri, and they did. Dustin Hoofman says, uh, really good to hear Arkansas being relevant again, being talked about with the top tier of the SEC, plus they have a big recruiting class coming in next year. Yeah, no doubt. They're right where everybody thought they were after all that. You know, coming into the season, uh, Arkansas was ranked number 16. 
in the preseason poll, uh, picked third in the SEC, and uh, you look at it, and, and if, if they're able to beat, and it's, a, it's an if, right, but if they're able to knock off Tennessee at home this weekend, they're going to be pretty close to number 16 in the AP poll, and uh, they're going to be third in the league. So maybe the voters do know what they're talking about. I don't know. Crazy. Also says Musselman uh, teams always have a better second half of the season kind of team. Uh, he always finds a way to get them together and become winners. Yeah, you never know when it's really going to start to gel. Sometimes it happens early. Sometimes it doesn't happen at all. Uh, but for Musselman's teams, it has. And it's usually a situation where they try to figure some things out in non-conference play. Sometimes the schedule is not as tough as people want it to be. They're, they're going to hit a bump in the road somewhere. Uh, but eventually that, that switch is going to flip. And when it does, his teams are always going to be formidable. T- you know, talent's never going to be in question with Musselman, the way he recruits high school transfer portal, uh, and the way he develops. I mean, you got a, a good staff. So you got to have confidence that, uh, you know, it's a, a group that's going to be able to handle adversity and, and always kind of be playing their best basketball at the end of the season. That's really all you can ask for. Let's see here. I got to scroll back a little bit. Uh, sure, Musselman wouldn't mind playing in Indiana. Has a little history there. Yeah. Kerry Calhoun says, "Just love seeing Devo continue to improve." Yeah, he's been showing flashes. He definitely has. He's really good against Auburn. I thought he was really solid at, at Missouri. Um, you know, we know what he's done in the NCAA tournament. So if you get him going, it definitely helps his team. Dustin asked if I if I expect Smith and Walsh to be one and done next year. I, I mean, you got to plan on Smith being a one and done. I mean, he's up to what number four, number five in the country. A, a lot of people are picking him, uh, you know, to maybe be the top high school draft pick. So, uh, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy, and he's going to have some growing pains too, just like everybody else. But uh, boy, the talent is sure there to to where you would imagine. You know, he he might be a one and done. Walsh, we'll see, uh, because a lot of a lot of his you know high ranking and everything is based on potential, and and he's still got some things to fine tune in terms of handling the ball, uh, becoming a little bit more versatile on the perimeter. But his athleticism, his motor, uh, those things are incredible. It's going to get him on the court right away, and and with the way you know. The Hogs are able to develop guys. I wouldn't put it outside the realm of possibility. I'm sure the goal for him is to be a one and done, as it should be. Sam Temple says, is Musk going shirtless on Saturday? <laughs> Love the show, man. Uh, keep up the great work. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I, I, listen, I don't put anything past Muss. I didn't think he was going to lose the shirt. Uh, given his situation with his shoulder, but he did. And, and then he still found a way to get his sling back on and, and go out there in the mosh pit of the crowd. So uh, I wouldn't put anything past him. Uh, you know, he's a guy that likes to get creative, so maybe he'll do something different. I don't know. You know, if he loses the shirt again, he's got to do it again against Kentucky. What if they win a national championship? He's going to lose his pants. I mean, he's he's got to think about this thing strategically. Right, so there has to be something different or a little bit of an escalation, but you got to save, you know, some of your best stuff for the biggest moments. We'll see. I love it though. The man's hilarious. Had a nice bag wrapped on his shoulder last night. It sprung a leak on him in the middle of the press conference. Poor K Wood, the sports information director, had to take it off of him. <laughs> Cracks me up. Um, Sam also says anything. To comment on with the Kentucky versus Tennessee game, yeah, I mean Tennessee played fantastic. Um, you know they gave up it's like 107 points to Kentucky in Lexington in January, so I'm sure that they were ticked off. Uh, felt like they didn't have their best showing. You know, think about how Arkansas performed last year um, at LSU and at Alabama. They just got their doors blown off, uh, and then they got them back at home for the rematch, and they were motivated and they they kicked both of their butts. I think it was probably the same sense of motivation for Tennessee. Um, you know, to talk about that game in particular, they were really good defensively. They limited Kentucky uh, to 63 points, which is hard to do. Uh, Ty Ty Washington's not healthy. 
right now for Kentucky, and, and that's a factor, but they're not devoid of talent, right? Uh, offensively, Vescovy and Kennedy Chandler, um, those, those two guys combine to make a lot of threes, uh, and when they do that, Tennessee becomes difficult to beat. Uh, you know, Fulkerson gave them 14 off the bench, so um, it, was, it was a pretty impressive performance, no doubt about it. And now you wonder, um, after having that, you know, kind of that revenge game in front of a big home crowd, uh, how much are they going to have in the tank coming to Arkansas in a tough environment on Saturday? The same question we were asking about the Razorbacks last week after they beat Auburn and then head, you know, had to head to Alabama. We'll see. Paul Cunningham says, we're definitely not the team you'd want to play in the tournament. No, absolutely not. Arkansas can make things very difficult on opponents with the way that they game plan uh, to take the other team's best player out of the equation, the way they defend. And then when you have you know a guy established in the post like Jalen Williams, a guy who can fill it up, and J.D. Note, if those complementary pieces, we talked about Stanley Mude, if those guys are going, Arkansas is going to be a tough out. And Sam Temple says, Vess is going to give us problems. I feel uh, got to limit him. Thanks for answering the questions, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, that's the best part about this show, in my opinion, is the interaction. You guys, the comments, what do you want to know? And, I, and I'll try to answer it the best I can. So that I, the feedback is, is awesome. I appreciate that. But, yeah, Vescovy's tough. He's one of those European-style guys. He's not the quickest or most athletic guy in the world, but he's so savvy and smart, really high basketball IQ. He knows how to get himself freed up for shots. Really good three-point shooter. Um, I'll be really interested to see how Arkansas matches up with him. I mentioned Tony, uh, maybe put some length on him. Devo, JD, you might see some time on him. Probably going to throw a number of bodies at him, which at this point is really the case with, with everybody for Arkansas, with the way that they switch on all their screens. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be one of the key matchups. All right. I think that'll wrap us up for today. Great show. And I, I appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Um, like I said, the the feedback, the interaction, that, that's what makes this thing really cool and, and what makes it so enjoyable for me to do. Uh, remember, Arkansas and Tennessee, big one in Bud Walton. Saturday, 3 p.m. I believe that game's going to be on ESPN. From there, Arkansas goes to Florida on Tuesday, which means we'll be back with this show on Wednesday to talk about it and then get you all primed up for Kentucky that's going to be exciting. Until next time, this has been Curtis Wilkerson with hogsports.com. Hope you guys all have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.